Spirit. This is Jesus. He's on earth. He's just begun his ministry. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Matthew 4, verse 1. Next verse. Verse 2. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. I do this Bible study with people. The first thing I ask them is, why do you think, and I'm asking you this morning, why do you think the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, why do you think he led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? And bear in mind, he's there for 40 days and 40 nights, and the Bible's making it very clear that, that he didn't eat. Now, I've got to tell you that I like to eat. And I reckon that after six weeks in the desert, because he's been there bar two days, six weeks, I reckon after six weeks in the desert, I'm struggling to, to survive. Maybe on the even me, on the verge of starvation, Jesus goes into the desert, he goes there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he doesn't eat. Now I ask you the question, why did the Holy Spirit lead him in there, and why didn't he eat? A lot of people read the Bible and don't dig into the Bible. We need to dig deeper, my brothers and sisters. Jesus goes there for 40 days and 40 nights and doesn't eat because he's the king of the universe. He is Yahweh. He is God incarnate, God in human form. He is all powerful even in his human form. He is the creator of the world. This is Jesus who has life in himself, who can go to a blind man and rub his eyes with clay and he can see who is healing the lame. This is God walking on the earth. This is the creator. He is all-powerful, omniscient. This is the God of gods that is Jehovah himself. And he goes into the desert because one of the reasons that Jesus came here to earth was to show you and me how to live. And I'm praising God for it, aren't you? He came to show us how to live. Don't you thank the Lord for that? And one of the things he does is he comes and he shows us how to overcome sin. He goes into the desert. This is God who walks into the desert and he doesn't eat for 40 days or 40 nights. Some people say, well, he was trying to get closer to God. He was fasting. Well, maybe that's true. But one of the things that happens to him from not eating for 40 days and 40 nights is he gets really weak. I would imagine after no food for 40 days, 40 nights, he can barely stand. And I want to tell you something today. He's doing it for you. He's doing it for me. He goes into the desert. He gets weak because you and I are weak. And I've never seen, I've never had in my experience Satan come and tempt me with a temptation where I'm strong. Now, now you could tempt me for a lot of things, but I'm pretty honest. And so you could come to, to my house and leave your wallet and you could leave a thousand dollars in that wallet and you could come back in a week and I haven't spent it. I haven't gone to Bali. I haven't gone on holidays. Because that's not a weakness of mine, so the devil doesn't tempt me there. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got some other weaknesses. I'm not going to tell you what they are either. I used to play football. I played rugby union. I played from 13 until about 16, and then I switched to rugby league until I was 26, 27 years of age. I remember our coaches. When we play football, if you've got a team that you're playing that's strong in the forwards, the last thing your coach will say is, take them on in the forwards. We'll take them on in the backs. Why? Because coaches are looking for weaknesses and Satan is exactly the same. And don't kid yourself, you're important to God. And you're important to Satan too. There is a battle on for your soul. And Satan is studying you. And he's looking for your what? Your strengths? 
for your weaknesses. Now, if you're human, you got a weakness. Don't crucify yourself because you got a weakness. That's part of being human. I see too many Christians, I see too many people go, oh, I've got this weakness and it's just such, I was born with it, it's in my DNA. And so, well, welcome to the human race. Serious, welcome to the human race. That's what it is to be human. Of course you've got weaknesses. Of course I've got weaknesses. In fact, it, it, it bothers me, pastor, sometimes when people look at us too much and they think, oh, the pastor, the, the pastor's the same as you. Many times going through the same temptations, falling into the same pits, having the same struggle, struggles, sometimes even worse, because I think sometimes the devil really attacks us to take us out so he can take us out of ministry. Satan attacks you in your weaknesses. It makes sense. And so Jesus gets weak. He's real weak. He can barely stand up. And Satan comes to visit. I can guarantee you that if you're a human being, there are times where Satan will come to visit. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now Jesus is hungry. He may have been Yahweh, he may have been Jehovah Jireh, he may have been God himself incarnate walking on the earth, but he was also a human, he was physical. He got tired, he got hungry and thirsty. He would get sad if someone attacked him. He would feel a discouragement just like you and I do. And Satan comes to him, so he hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. Is he attacking Jesus in a strength or a weakness? Well, he's hungry. It's a physical weakness. He's hungry. Now you look at that. During that time, the devil comes in. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread, loaves of bread. What's the big deal about that, that temptation? But could, okay, let me ask you, let me go further. Could Jesus have turned the stones into bread? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But if he did it, Satan would go, bang, there you go, there you go, there you go. You got to use your divine power which he had, which was his, had been his from eternity. He says you have to use your divine power to overcome your weaknesses. You get what's happening here? You get it? So what does Jesus do? Jesus responded, the scriptures also say. So you see, Satan's coming to Jesus and Jesus keeps quoting scripture at him. One more, I think it's verse 10. What does it say? Away from me, third temptation, for it is written. So, so three times Satan comes to Jesus, hitting him. In, and if I had more time, I'd share these temptations with you because every temptation Satan tempts him with in Matthew chapter 4 are perceived weaknesses. One of them, he says, hey, you don't have to go to the cross. Just bow down to me. What an easy way out that would have been. But every time Satan comes and tempts Jesus, he quotes to him scripture. Now, what do we learn from that? Well, this is what I learn. I am weak. Satan attacks me all the time. I need to use the same weapons and the same approach to overcoming my sin as did Jesus. Now I can prove to you right now that God is alive because every single one of you knows what your weaknesses are. Am I right? Yes. Huh? Yes. 
Every one of us knows what our... I know what my weaknesses are. I could list them off. I'm not going to. You know what your weaknesses are. Who told you? Huh? Myself. Yourself? Who convicts you? Jesus. Jesus convicts you through the Holy Spirit. The fact that you even know your weakness is a proof that God's already at work in you and you want to praise the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. You know your weaknesses. Why don't we fight those weaknesses the same way Jesus did? And this is what I do. I, I, I am a, a pre, pretty thick-headed sort of a guy sometimes. And so in the morning in my own personal devotions, I'll say, Lord, I'm here. I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm praying for a conversion. I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I want to ask that you'll come to me and you'll let me know when Satan's here so that I can fight. And this is what I do. I go out to work and something may happen. You know, one of the things I can admit this is I can't stand road hogs. We're going to have a motorcycle club out here called Road Hogs. I can't stand I can't stand bullies on the road. And so you get someone, they'll cut in front of you. And you know, you want to blast the horn at them and give them all sorts of Australian hand signals. <laughs> I can feel it welling up in me just as I talk. <laughs> and it can happen, it can be done, I can abuse that person, look at them, and I think, oh, I hope that person's not at church on Sabbath. <laughs> I remember I was going when I was in New Zealand. I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going from uh, I'm going from um, Rotorua to Tauranga, and this lady was in front of me, and I was headed to Tauranga to preach. To preach, would you believe it? And this lady's in front of me on a hundred kilometre hour road, and she's doing about thirty kilometres an hour. And there was nowhere to pass, but there's many places she could have pulled over and let me go, and she could see I wanted to go, and I was late to church. I remember finally on double lines blasting past her and giving her a good dose of Australian hand signals. I got about 30 seconds past and I thought, oh, I hope she's not on the way to church too. (laughs) And so I go out on the road and I've got this weakness. I've exposed myself and let you know that. And this is how it works. I've asked the Holy Spirit to be with me. I'm going on, my, on the road and someone cuts out. Oh, it happened just two days ago. Oh, I'm about to land on the horn. And I can tell you this is what happens. The, the, the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, Hey, 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 Lloyd, 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 Lloyd. Oh, oh. But I'll tell you how I've taken this even further. I have these things called power texts. I have three which are really, they're the ones I've chosen. I wonder if we can put them up. Here's one of these power texts. And I use these power texts because I want to pray scripture just like Jesus did. The first one. Have you got it? Philippians 4.13. My, fa- my brother's favourite text. When we were kids, we used to have these tiny little um, promises, you know. They'd be rolled up in a bit of paper and we put... And Phil used to, to roll his up really tight and it was this one every time. And so I used to get in and roll another one up tight and pull his one out. So he, and he used to get... <laughs> another weakness. <laughs> But this is his, this is his, this is his text. It's, it's my power text. I can do, I like, I like the way the, the NKJV says, I can do all things through Christ who what? 
He gives me strength, for strength with me. Hallelujah. Amen. I've just pulled the sword out and I've thrust it through the heart of that red demon. It is, I'm telling you, it is victory, victory. I gotta blast the horn. Oh, okay. I can. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying to the Lord, do all things through you who strengthens me. And I give the little old lady a nice wave and good to see you. It changes you. It changes you because you are using the weapons that Satan, that, that, that Jesus does against Satan. And he can't stand scripture. Did you know that? He can't stand it. As soon as you start to quote it, him or whoever it is, his demon, they're gone. I can't stand it. So I've got these power techs. I know them off by heart. If you don't have any power techs, you can kind of put them in your pocket. Now, I'm not saying as you drive and pull them out and read them, but kind of learn them and, and, and as the Holy Spirit prompts you, respond and, you know, Fight. Fight. I saw a picture on Facebook the other day of this tiny little chihuahua and a big Great Dane. And, and the chihuahua was a ferocious thing. And it was going at this big Dane, Great Dane. And the, and the Great Dane had this horrified look on its face. And was, but the, it was a paw on the chihuahua and ended it there and then. But that's what it's like with you and Satan, me and Satan and God and Jesus. We are the ones with the strength. We are the ones through Christ with the power. And when, and when you use the scripture and you pull that sword out, I'm going to tell you every single time you're going to get a victory. Let's have a look at a couple. I just want to share a couple more power texts and I'll bring this thing to a close. Uh, the next one, I think, is Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? How strong is that? God's for us. Who can be against us? And next one, 1 Corinthians 10. I love this one. The temptations, I know it in the NIV, but I've given you an even more modern version so you really get this. The temptations in your life, this is a power text, are no different from what others experience. So men, you're sitting in front of a computer. Demons have flocked into your room where you are. You have a beautiful wife at home and you have children and your life is good but you are hooked onto pornography. In our culture, especially the Adventist one, a shameful, dirty, awful thing. You don't want to get caught in your computer with pornography. But what's the Bible say there? The temptations in your life, they're no different from what others experience. And God is what? Faithful. He will not, I love this, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand, but with the temptation, he will show you the way out so you can endure. Amen? Amen. And I'm on the temptation. I'm on the road. I want to abuse this person. The Holy Spirit's there prompting me, giving me a good shake. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd. Oh, that's right. No temptation has come to Lloyd except which is common to man. God, you are faithful. See, I'm talking to him. And with, I haven't got my eyes closed either. They're open. I'm driving. Um, with the temptation, you give me power. You give me strength. There is a way out so I can endure. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is in me. He's strengthening me. He's covering me. He's in that car and there's not a demon to be seen within a kilometre. Do you see what's happening here? Yeah. I want to encourage you to try this. Don't be like that great Dane. 
Go home and fight. I don't care if the temptation's been with you for 30 years. Fight. It doesn't matter if it's been with you for 50 or 60. Some of you aren't that old. But fight. Ten years, five years, two months, one week. Whatever it is, if you enjoy it and you can't overcome it, I'm telling you today, in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and fight. You choose to fight, you will have the victory. But I want to tell you one more thing, which is perhaps the most important thing I'll tell you today. I have known this approach of Jesus for some time. And yet there was still something missing in my life. It is true that every time that I chose to follow in Jesus' footsteps and fight this battle, as Jesus did, I would have the victory. But there was still something missing in my life. There were times where I'd go for long stretches where I'd have victory over the sin and then I'd plunge back into it and I'd end up going deeper and further than I had when I got out of it the last time. And it was a discouraging, for many years, a very discouraging part of my walk with Jesus. And I started to wonder whether I would ever make it. Not that I was looking to be perfect, because I know the only one who's perfect is who? Jesus. But I was looking to overcome. And I've got to tell you, if you've got sins in your life that have been there for years, months, weeks, months, years, decades, there's something wrong in your experience with Jesus. And you can do what I've shared with you and it's good and it'll work every single time. But you too, I think, will find there's something missing. And this is the most important thing I'll tell you today. Then I found this, John chapter 3, verse 3. And I hope and pray you get this as I bring this little message to a close. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He said, I'll tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? If there's one scripture that Adventism and Christianity needs today, it's that one. I tell you the truth, said Jesus to Nicodemus. And his words resound down through the centuries to us. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. How do you become born again? It's a simple thing. Next text. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who speak to Him, to, to, uh, who, ask, who ask, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, what? Him. Born again simply is to have the Holy Spirit come into your life, to have a conversion and have Him totally take over. And there is no secret to it. You don't have to come up the front and have the pastor put his hand on your, on your forehead and you, you fall over backwards. You don't, that's, that's, you don't, nowhere does the Bible say that's how you get born again. You want to be born again. You truly want to become a victor using the sword and the shield and the weapons I've shared with you today. Get born again. And the way you get born again is what? What does Jesus say? What do you do? You what? You ask him. You ask him. 
You ask Him. It's that simple. Just ask Him. Bow your heads. We'll do it right now. Father in heaven, we bring these people. I bring these people. You bring them through the Holy Spirit before you today. We are sinners. Lord, some of us drop dead losers. That's me. We want to use these weapons. Father, we want to be born again. We want the Holy Spirit to come into us and to fill us and to change our life once and for all. Please, Lord, we want to be born again. Hear hear our prayer. You said that if we ask you, you will give us the Holy Spirit. So in the name of Jesus of Nazareth this morning, we pray, God, that you will come into our hearts, come into our lives, baptise us and help us to experience that born again thing we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You pray that prayer morning and night. It just begins to happen. And how do I know? Because it's happening to me. And as I said, I'm blasting along the road the other day. And this lady's driving me mad. She's got kids, she's going to school. Mother's going to school, clog our roads up here and, and fathers. She cuts in in front of me. Cuts in, didn't even didn't even have the decency to use a blinker. But you see, I prayed to the Lord for a born again experience. The Holy Spirit heard me, and He just came in. He just comes inside. You invite Him in. I'm telling you, because of the blood of Jesus, He's just gonna He's gonna rush in. And He tells me what could have been an ugly encounter became for me. The lady knew nothing about it, but for me, become a blessed encounter with Jesus Christ because that which came naturally, that weakness, what I would normally do, praise God through the Holy Spirit, through that born again experience, and through quoting Scripture. And one I quote is, "I can do all things this day through You, Jesus, who strengthens me." I got the victory. You hear what I'm saying? You can have it too. I'll invite Lizka and the singers to come forward. And you can have it if you just surrender. Jesus, here I am. You know why he doesn't? Jesus doesn't care how bad your sins are. He doesn't care how far you've fallen. What he cares is he can show you. He's not going to condemn you. Never seen Jesus condemn anyone who's repentant and looking for him. He's not into that. Yeah, the church people will do it. Sometimes the church will do it. Sometimes even the pastors will do it. Not Jesus Christ. He's not going to condemn you. All he wants to do is come into your life, recreate you, give you peace, take you through that born-again experience and make you an overcomer. Jesus wants to show you the way. It's all about surrender. Jesus, here I am, I surrender. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I now take up the weapons. Think about your life, about how you need Jesus. And perhaps if the Holy Spirit's touching you, you can make a commitment to that same Jesus.